Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're doing well as always. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I think is really important, and that is how to teach our kids to not engage with OCD. And I didn't realize the level of importance that this has on our kids' ability to really crush OCD and make it tiny until I was having a support group call with a bunch of teenagers. And I realized it just happened to be that one particular call. There were so many erroneous beliefs around how they were just, how they were approaching OCD and how they were dancing with OCD. We had a lot of new people in the support group call because a lot of times it's just really educated, really highly educated kids in those classes, but we're in that support group call. But it made me realize to what extent that this foundational piece of understanding OCD and not engaging with OCD is key. So I thought it'd be a great podcast episode because I think all of us can use a tune-up I actually think a lot of parents are struggling with this. And that is why I'm seeing the kids struggle because our kids, a lot of times will mirror and model and say the things that we're teaching them. And so it was an indication of a bigger problem. And if there's a problem there, there's a problem probably everywhere because, you know, common problems are global. So I want to talk to you and teach you how to talk to your child about what it means to not engage in OCD and like the pitfalls of it. And then some tools on how to use that so that your kids are, you know, pouring that foundation. Because if that concrete is not solid, you can't build anything on top of it. It's just going to get smushed. It's going to fall. It's not going to be stable. And this is the concrete. This is the concrete stuff. So before we dive into this, a couple of announcements. I would like to thank NoCD for sponsoring this episode. Uh, NoCD offers affordable, effective, convenient therapy. And they are available in the U.S. and outside of the U.S., you can schedule your free 15-minute consultation to see if NoCD is the right fit for you and your child. Just go to treatmyocd.com. That is treatmyocd.com. If you reached out a while ago, you might want to reach out again because they get new providers, new states, new countries, new insurances all the time. So definitely swoop back over there. Another announcement is that I am releasing four workshops and they're actually being released today. and. These are workshops that are, they're not classes. So I have lots of courses that will like literally walk you through how to teach your child to crush OCD, how to teach your child to crush anxiety. I have one, how to crush OCD for kids and teens directly. I have lots of courses that are basically like my therapeutic style, the things I teach kids in therapy. And then I just put them in video format and worksheets for you to be able to do at home. These are different. These are like presentations. They're workshops where they're on demand, they're recorded, where I'm going to teach you about a particular topic. and so. I have four of them that are being released today. Very exciting. And they are discounted just for the first three days. So just until Thursday, which would be March 9th, 2023. If you're listening to this in like far in the future, you're like, what year is she on? But you want to grab them in these next three days because whenever I release something new, I give huge discounts just to celebrate that they're there. And then they go to a regular price and they're in my library my online school, and you can check them out at any time. But I do like you to know that they're available now so that you can take advantage of this three-day 
kind of promotion thing that's going on for these workshops. So they will be going into my online school. Actually, let me just tell you what they are about really quick. So the first one is sneaky ways OCD accommodations get through. And so there are so many different ways that our kids OCD will find a way to get us to grow it without us knowing it. And so if you are working on accommodations and pulling them back, or if you have a child who hooks you in, which if you have a child with OCD, you have a child who hooks you in, whether you know it or not, that is a great workshop for you. The second one is how to create a therapeutic home environment for your child with OCD. And that is a really important component to us helping our kids is what does the home environment look like? So I spend a lot of time talking about the building blocks and the things that you want to have in place in order to have a therapeutic home environment. That's what I have with my kids. Um, and there are certain building blocks that are required for that so that you can just have this foster this therapeutic way of interacting with anxiety or OCD. Actually, it's just OCD for this particular workshop so that you can address compulsions as they pop up. You can do exposures. You can have a built-in reinforcement program and all the things that I think are really key to helping motivate your child and helping them do the work. So that's the second one. The third one is helping anxious kids thrive in school. So this one is just for anxiety and it can definitely be related to OCD as well as how to help our kids do well in school. And the fourth one, again, another OCD related one is sneaky ways OCD sabotages success and how to avoid it. And so this is the sneaky ways that OCD will kind of partner up while you are trying to help your child or your child's in therapy or your child starts to do well. And these are the things that OCD will subtly do to wreak havoc when you are getting help and when you are succeeding and and making a lot of progress. These are kind of the the sneaky way. So I break that presentation into two parts. It's when you are actually receiving help or you're working on it with your child and when your child is making a lot of progress. So it's good to know both of those components. So those are four workshops. They are pre-recorded videos on demand. They will be in my online school at atparentingsurvivalschool.com. But because they are premiering, um, they're going to be $25 each. They are about an hour each presentation. They'll be $25 each. So you can just soak up that information and get that. But for these next three days, I am giving away all of those presentations, the four of them, which would be $100 normally. And I'm going to give you half off so you can get all four uh, presentations for $50. And so you just have to go to this link to sign up. So if you go to AT Parenting Survival Series and check it out, you can get this series of workshops for that price, $50 instead of $100. After Thursday, they will be put in my atparentingsurvivalschool.com library. So if you're listening to this afterwards and you're like, wait a minute, I really want to hear that one. You can still get it. It, They'll just be $25 each, a little window into what is coming. I am actually going to be recording a fifth one. Um, I'm recording this episode way in the past. (laughs) So today is February 13th. So I'm like way in the past now. I'm batching my podcast, which is very, very impressive. You should be very impressed with me. The fifth one is actually going to be with Kimberly Quinlan. And I'm super excited about that. And we're going to be talking about self-compassion when you are parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. And that is her, that's her stuff. She is so good at self-compassion and mindfulness and, you know, showing up with intention. And so her and I are doing a workshop together and that will be added later in the library. And there will be a discount to bundle all these on the website, just not at the level that I'm 
bundling it right now. So go to atparentingsurvivalseries.com and take advantage of the bundle to get all four workshops. If you're interested in the fifth one, that will be coming out at the end of March. I had to go look at my calendar for a second. So that'll be coming out at the end of March. So if you're listening to this after March of 2023 and you're like, ooh, I want to get that one too, you will be able to get all five of them bundled. They won't be $50 because I never have as great of an offer as I do when I first bring something out. And so, but you can check that out and go to atparentingsurvivalseries.com to take advantage of all four of those for only $50 and soak up that information. I hope you find that helpful. All right, let's move on to today, which is working on not engaging with OCD. So I'll tell you what, what the big issue is. I think that sometimes, and this happens to parents too, and I normally focus on parents more than I focus on kids because I feel like the parents will teach the kids um, or the therapist will teach the kids, but we don't want to approach OCD like we're taking it seriously. And so when I was talking to the group of kids and we were talking about OCD all, and they were all helping each other because I love that when kids give each other advice, but a lot of times kids will come up with practical ways to circumvent OCD. And I'll give you some concrete examples and it will d- look different for every theme. So this is going to, you have to kind of get imagination if I'm not hitting your child's theme. But some of the really obvious ones that most of you, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, would probably not do is coming up with practical ways to like not touch something, right? And this is, I'm starting off with the really obvious ones, but we're going to get into more complicated ones in a second. And so, so some suggestions, and I've seen therapists who are not trained in OCD do this as well, which is startling to me because it seems like it's pretty obvious that you wouldn't do this. You know, if, if you can't touch the toilet, well, then can you like wear gloves or if that is contaminated, then can you take tissues and open up the doors or whatever? We don't want to be circumventing things that we can't touch by putting barriers. That's a compulsion. And so it may seem like that's going to fix the problem because like, well, if they can't, if they're so worried about getting contaminations on their hands and then let's just protect their hands and they'll be fine. It will never be enough. And that's, that's the message that we want to convey to our kids is it will never be enough. You can't negotiate with OCD because once you start negotiating with OCD, you've already lost the battle because OCD's hooked you in. It's like negotiating with a terrorist. You know, it's like don't negotiate because it can't be trusted. And so looking for barriers or pra- it's like just looking at it in a pragmatic sort of way. You can't look at OCD in a practical pragmatic sort of way. And it will seem very tempting. Because it will seem like if I just gave her gloves or if I just touched that for her, then OCD won't bother her. And it's just a small little thing for me to do. Or it's just a big, you know, like they just have to wear gloves. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal because it is giving into OCD. And when you cater to OCD, OCD gets fed, it grows bigger, the neural pathways grow bigger, and more things have to happen. But it was more subtle things than that. I'm just using that as an example. Some of the subtle ones that we were talking about are like, if OCD says you're a bad person, and these are like more of the thoughts, the intrusive thoughts that are more abstract. So with moral scrupulosity type of OCD thoughts, you might have a thought, I'm a bad person. And some of the suggestions were to say like, well, you know, you're a good person. And so just, you know, remind yourself that you're a good person and you would never do that. And why would you do that? And OCD is lying to you because you're a good person, which might seem like a good thing to do. However, whenever you are actually 
talking to OCD and taking OCD seriously, and I guess that's the key, is like, that's the litmus test. If I am taking OCD, whatever OCD is saying to me, and I'm taking it seriously, and I'm responding in a serious way, then I've already lost it. Because talking to OCD, and a lot of times we'll say talk back to OCD. And there's even a book that I really like that I recommend called Talking Back to OCD by John March. It's an oldie but goodie. He doesn't mean argue with OCD. He doesn't mean debate with OCD. So we have to be very careful when we say talking back or bossing back OCD. It's not to disagree with it and then argue with it because, spoil alert, that's called a mental compulsion. That's a mental compulsion, which is just as bad as a physical compulsion. And so when I say to myself, that's just an intrusive thought because I'm a good person, I am doing a mental compulsion. And so, and we'll talk at the second half after the break about what to do instead, but I just want to highlight the things that seem possibly helpful or seem practical. And they're not because when we are problem solving the OCD issue as if it's a real problem, then we are catering to OCD. So another one, I'm just using these as an example from that one particular call because it was like, there were so many good ones, you know, to say, I can see where someone would think this makes sense. I mean, it does make sense, but it, it doesn't. So another one is like, sometimes OCD will say, are you sure you did this? And it could be for anything. Are you sure my son has this? Are you sure you flushed the toilet? Are you sure you, you know, read that? Are you sure that you didn't do this thing that might harm someone? Are you sure that, right? So it starts with like, are you sure that, right? It's a checking thing. Ah, uh, you better be sure. Okay, if you're not sure, then what do you need to do? And OCD will will tell you what to do. OCD is bossy. And one thing that I always tell kids is when you're having an intrusive thought or feeling, the first thing you want to say once you recognize it's OCD is, what does OCD want? What does OCD want me to do in this moment? And sometimes it may not be really obvious. It might want you to debate with it. It might want you to disagree with it. It might want you to go do something physical like wash your hands or physically check something or tap something or you know whatever. But you always want to ask yourself, and we want to teach our kids to ask themselves, what does OCD want me to do in this moment? And that's the thing I don't want to do. And so it may, OCD is, is shifty. And so it may not be obvious that it wants you to argue with it or disagree with it. And that's why we have to educate our kids that that, that, that is what OCD wants. And so when it comes to checking, OCD might want you to say, go check or have some practical ways to do this, right? Maybe you need to just take a picture of it. So I take a picture of the lock or I take a picture of the toilet or I take a picture of this so I know that I did it. Take a picture of my backpack. Well, yeah, that's a practical thing. And if it was an anxiety issue or if it was another issue, pragmatics has a place, right? When I'm anxious and I'm worried about presenting and I make like little cards and it has keywords on it, it makes me feel better because then I think, okay, if I lose my spot or I don't remember what I want to talk about, I have some talking points on my cards. That is a thing that's actually going to help me because it's anxiety, not OCD. And that's where anxiety and OCD are so different and people don't always get that. When I have anxiety, I can do practical things. I can problem solve. When I am worried about, I'm trying to think of an, a real life example. When I worry about my safety in my car, 
um, after my husband died and my daughter went to college like a year later and I'm driving to California six hours one way all the time because she has a break. She needs to come home and I don't want her to drive that. She's not, she's getting there, but that's a long drive for, you know, a teenage girl to do on her own. So we drive there and then we drive back. And when my husband was alive, I would never, ever think of doing a road trip, just me and my two little kids. They're not really little. My 11 and 13-year-old It's just going through the desert and going through like a lot of barren areas. It just scared me. And so when he died, I made sure that my car had a lot of stuff in it. You know, I, I made sure that I got like OnStar. It's actually the Honda Link, but it's like there's a button and I can press it. And so if I was in the middle of nowhere and I got in a car accident or my car broke down, I can press this button and I can know that there's a satellite so they don't have to worry about my like cellular, like whether I have cellular, why am I having a hard time with this word? <laughs> Reception. There it is. It would come eventually. I didn't sleep well last night. So like my brain is just not firing on all cylinders, but it doesn't matter. And so to me, that's worth every freaking little penny that I pay for that subscription because it makes me feel a hundred percent better. I actually had to use it maybe a year into it but I wasn't traveling to California, but I know it works because I actually used it once. And so that was a practical problem-solving solution to my problem. I don't worry now as much. I mean, I worry very little about driving because I have a lot of things that I did. I put flares in my car and I put like, I got a battery thing that can like jump itself. And I got this like cool little contraption that can put air in tires in and of itself. And so, I mean, I bought all these things that helped me feel more in control. That's great because it's anxiety. And the minute I did those things, my anxiety decreased because it's anxiety. When it's OCD, it doesn't work that way. You solve a problem. It feels really good, just like anxiety for a little while. And then the volume goes higher because you just fed OCD. And so we can't think of OCD like we think of anxiety. We can't problem solve and be pragmatic the way that we would with anxiety because it doesn't work on a physiological level. OCD wants you to have that itch. And every time you scratch it, it will go somewhere else and it'll make you itch again. And so when people come up with practical advice, like, oh, well, if you're nervous about whether you are going to touch the knives or not, why don't you just hide them? Or you're nervous about, you know, poisoning someone. Why don't you just hide the bleach or hide the Clorox wipes or, you know, make a list. So you make sure that you didn't forget it. No, all compulsions. And it's because you're taking the story of OCD seriously, right? OCD says I'm a horrible person and I'm gross and I'm disgusting or I'm perverted. And I'm going to argue, OCD, I'm not that, right? And even some of the things that we do to like push back on OCD, OCD can use against us. And that's the tricky thing too, is that OCD is very clever. And so I have had people in my practice where they would say things in their head like I had one person where whenever they got an intrusive thought, they would say, that's not me, that's OCD. And it was working for a while, but that's not a great way to do it because he would have to say that exact phrase. Well, hello, that's a compulsion. If I have to say this phrase to cancel out a thought, that's the very definition of a mental compulsion. Well, it's not the very definition, but that kind of sounded good when it came out of my mouth. That's like a very clear mental compulsion. We don't want that. And so, yeah, you can recognize it's OCD, but I say to kids, don't say something in the exact same way every time. You can say, yep, oh, yeah, there's another OCD thought. And so when we get back from the break, I want to talk about how to teach our kids to 
not engage with OCD? And if they do engage, how to engage in a very effective way? Stay tuned. That's what's up next. It's time we put help directly in our kids' hands. Introducing Crushing OCD Course for Kids and Teens. It was way more helpful than all the other therapy we've ever done because we didn't really know what to do. So we weren't really doing it before. So the course helped to figure out what the exposures are and how to do them. We're not in therapy and find it really hard um, to find an ERP trained therapist here. Um, So we're currently with like the public health service, but again, they don't seem to be trained in ERP. It's filled that gap that we don't have that was desperately needed. This was really well timed for us to use between therapists and to help us like start get off to a good start with this new practice. It was easy to use. Um, I was able to do it from my phone or also on the computer. There's different ages, you know, so there were younger kids, there were teenagers. And um, so that was really nice too, to have a variety of ages where it wasn't just geared towards younger kids or older kids. It was a nice variety. It's helpful for our kids to hear it from this like third party as opposed to just us saying it. I really like the offense and defense method. I love working on poking at OCD while it's sleeping. It makes it a little bit easier to do and it's kind of fun. (laughs) I'm planning on using it to work on my uh, fear of like holding or touching batteries and stuff like that. So it was really helpful and I think a lot of other kids would like it. I thought that I was like the only one who had worrying about the weather and stuff. And then there was somebody else on there who worried about the same thing, which was really helpful. Seems less scary to work on stuff now that I've watched this class and I'm more interested to work on it. I like trying to do more exposures still and going to, before I wasn't, I just didn't want to do them. I've worked on some of my bigger compulsions and been successful. I realized it was helpful to do like the exposures before it was like really, really hard. It's still hard, but it's helpful to know that I need to do them. Before there would be a lot of battles about it. So it is definitely less loggerheads. Really, really good course and super helpful. Definitely would recommend this. It's really easy to follow. It's nice bite-sized videos. I really like the worksheets that go along with it, and I think it's really helpful. To learn more about this course and register your child or teen, go to atparentingsurvivalschool.com. Welcome back. Okay, so what do we do with this? So what I kept saying when I was on that call with these kids and what I think is really important for us to say to our kids is OCD wants to hook you in. And so when you take what OCD is telling you seriously on any level, Anything that you're doing to try to rid yourself of the discomfort that OCD is giving you in a practical way is probably growing OCD because you're already taking the story seriously. So if OCD says you're going to be a disgusting pedophile or you're going to be a horrible mass murderer or you're a racist or everything in your room is contaminated or you're going to throw up if you wear that green shirt whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. When you look at that problem that OCD presents and you take it seriously, then you've already gotten hooked. And so when we teach our kids that, and I was using in this meeting, I was using Chinese handcuffs, you know, like the ones that put your fingers in and then you pull and they get tight. A lot of us OCD therapists like those because it's a great metaphor. So find a metaphor that works for you or that resonates with your kids. And so 
I actually have a pair because I use them so much in, um, I use them a lot in my practice. And so I got one for the phone call and I started to show the kids. And so use that as a great metaphor to say it wants to hook you in. And so the one finger, you know, so put your finger in one side of the Chinese handcuffs. And if you don't know what they are, Google it. And then you'll see an image and you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember those from my childhood. It's saying, I have this intrusive thought or feeling, and I want you to take it seriously. Right. And so come on, don't you want to touch me? Right. Uh, you're a bad person. Ooh, is that upsetting? You don't love God. Ooh, is that upsetting? Oh, you're going to get sick because you touched that. Isn't that upsetting? Or, you know, everything coming from your school is contaminated and disgusting. What are you going to do about that? And when you hook in and put your finger in the other side and start pulling in the opposite direction, then you've already gotten sucked in. And so what that looks like, like we just said before the break, is I'm going to talk to OCD like it's making sense. So I might say, I'm not a bad person, or why are you saying that? Or I'm not homophobic, or I'm not gay, or I'm not heterosexual. I mean, OCD will tackle anything related to identity. There's sexual orientation OCD. There's harm OCD. There's all sorts of themes. But the essence of it is it's something that I'm not, and it's saying that I am, which could be literally anything, right? Whatever you value. I'm the opposite of whatever I think I am. And so do I need to debate with OCD? No, because OCD is the king of his debate club and he will beat you. He always does. And so we want to help our kids understand that, that once you enter into a debate with OCD, you've already lost the debate because you thought you could win. And that's an automatic forfeiture. You've already lost. So taking the story seriously is the problem. And so if OCD says, oh my gosh, everything at school is contaminated. And if you touch anything from school, you're going to get sick. If I take that story seriously, then I'm going to problem solve. And I'm going to say, okay, well, let me think about this. Okay. I could leave my backpack outside. I could have everyone take their shoes off. I can, you know, wear a special outfit to school and then take that off and not put it inside the house. Now I'm hooked in. I'm taking the story seriously. And so I don't think we have conversations enough with our kids to talk about not getting hooked into OCD's story. What's the story OCD wants you to get hooked into? And are you even engaged? Are you even like considering it and taking it seriously? A separate metaphor compared like, or versus the Chinese handcuffs could be a fishing rod. OCD is fishing, you know, puts the bait on the, on the rod. It pulls it out. It sits there in the water waiting for you to get hooked. And it will get hooked when you get hooked into the story where you're like, well, let me think, how can I avoid these germs? Or how can I avoid that person who's contaminated? Or how can I not be triggered by this dust? Or how can I convince myself that I'm a good person? Or how can I blah, 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 right? And if you are engaging in the story, you've already taken the bait off of the fishing hook and you're hooked in. And so let's not forget to remind our kids of this. Because all the solutions I was hearing that day were all practical. They were all practical stuff. You know, they were like argue with OCD and say that that you would never do that or hide the things that OCD says you might use to do something that you don't want to do, like intrusive thoughts about harming other people or harming yourself. That's harm OCD. Or um, make a list so that you can remember for sure. And it's like, no. When you engage in any of those simple things, you're engaging with growing OCD. You're taking the story seriously. So it is good, no matter how many years of therapy your kids have been in or how knowledgeable you think they are with ERP or OCD, 
it's very helpful to circle back and just remind them that once they unhook and disengage from the story itself, the lie itself, they can make progress. And so it doesn't mean that we don't talk to OCD. There are many different ways to approach OCD. So one of them, which is more in the realm of passive, is seeing an intrusive thought like a cloud. You know, this is kind of like an act approach, acceptance commitment therapy. You know, it's over my head. There it is. Says I'm a really bad person. Oh, yeah, there's an OCD cloud. And there it goes. I'm not engaging. I'm not hooking into it. I'm not talking to it. I'm not doing anything. That's one approach. Another approach is here it is. There's an intrusive thought that I'm a horrible person. I might do these horrible things. And I'm going to sarcastically agree with it. Right. And so with those Chinese handcuffs, it's like, pushing into it instead of away from it. And it reminds me, it's going to sound so weird, but stay with me. So a long time ago, I worked in a treatment center and these kids had been through a lot and they were incredibly aggressive. And so you had to learn a lot of defense moves because they would bite you or pull your hair. Um, Even as a therapist, we had to be trained in how to deescalate and how to get out of a bite or like a chokehold and scary things like that. It was a really scary place to work. (laughs) So one of the things they taught us is like when someone, when a child's biting you, your instinct will be to pull, you know, your hand away or your body away. And that the best thing to do is to pull into it instead. And it's counterintuitive and it's not expected and you're going with the pull. And so you're able to release yourself. And so uh, I was playing with my dog the other day. who's like a chihuahua mix. And so her bites are not bad. And she loves to like hold on to my finger and like I just shake her head, you know. And it's a game that we play. And my son was sitting there on the bed and I was like pulling at her. And then I like pulled into her. So she's pulling, trying to yank my finger. And I actually pushed my finger towards her mouth. Not not hard. I love my dog. But it startled her because she's like, oh, I'm getting like a big knuckle in my mouth. And I thought I was pulling. And she let go. And I was telling my son, oh, when I was in this treatment center, like I had to have training and that's what we do. And I was saying like, if anyone's ever biting you, like lean into it. I know such a weird discussion, but it kind of reminds me of OCD. So when OCD is, and this is again, another metaphor, like whichever metaphor works for your kids. But when OCD is biting you metaphorically, it wants you to pull back. It wants the engagement. It wants to hook you in. It wants the battle. And so when you sarcastically agree and say, yeah. I, you know, I might be a killer sometime. I may or may not be now. I don't know, right? You're not admitting that you are something you're not. You're just not engaging. You're pushing back in the way that you're going with it, not against it. And so when we talk about bossing back OCD or talking back to OCD, it's in that way. It's saying, yep, I may or may not. You're right. I might not do that tomorrow. I may do that tomorrow. Or I might have checked. I may not have checked. It's leaning into the discomfort, into the uncertainty, into those issues. And that is really powerful. Now that may not be an approach you can do for different flavors of OCD. And a lot of kids have a multitude of flavors and it changes over time. And so you may not have, like if you have a child who has just right OCD and OCD says, you're not gonna be able to handle sitting there without getting that shoe just right. You know, then your child say, I may or may not. I mean, you can still actually use it that way. And then they don't readjust it, right? Because that's what OCD wants. Um, Instead of saying, you know, when I wake up, I'm going to get this just right. I'm going to do this just right. Or sensory motor OCD. OCD is like, I think you need to pee again. And then you might say, ah, I may or may not, but I'm not going to go because I just went five minutes ago. And so I'm not going to do that. So it's not a strong 
you know, as far as the sarcastically agreeing as the ones that are about your identity, like who you are or what you might do. And those are really powerful to use a sarcastic approach to it. But in general, we want our kids to know that when they get hooked in and they are pulling in the opposite direction of OCD, whatever way that looks, you know, they're trying to convince OCD that they're not a bad person, or they are trying to think of practical solutions to address the problem that OCD is the one that is identifying, then they are growing OCD. So I hope that you found this helpful. I'm always in here trying to give you some new tools and tricks to help your kids with anxiety or OCD. If you're enjoying my podcast, don't forget to hit a star on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, wherever you consume your podcast to just um, share that. I appreciate that. And if you have a few extra minutes and you can leave a review, you know, I greatly appreciate that. Let me take a look and see if I had any that I wanted to read. I did. Let me see. I want to thank Luigi, who wrote from Australia. My son's anxiety and OCD has recently stepped up a notch. And although we have him getting the help he needs, I have felt lost as to what I need to know and what I should do. And your podcast has changed everything for me. Thank you so much for all the work you do. And I thank you for taking the time to write that. I really appreciate that. I'm going to read one more. And then I think I'll be up to date. Thank you, Lou, who wrote, thank you from the UK. I've been listening to Natasha's podcast for a few months now. My 12-year-old daughter has been suffering with anxiety from around the age of four. We've been dealing with school refusal for almost a year now, which has been incredibly hard and stressful on the whole family. Natasha's podcasts are my go-to, especially when I'm feeling exhausted and don't know where to turn or what to try next. Natasha is always so calm and talks a lot of sense and manages to refocus me just keep going and keep trying. Thank you so much, Natasha, for all the help and strategies and reminding us we're not alone with these struggles. I've also just bought my daughter your book, which will hopefully help too. We will get there slowly but surely. And I'm so glad that I'm able to just be there with you virtually to support you. And so thank you for taking the time to write that. And it, it always touches my heart to think that I'm there like supporting all of you or a lot of you. And I don't really know who I'm touching and what what lives I'm affecting as I'm sitting here at home in my cozy pajamas, (laughs) talking to a microphone. So if you have something nice to say, maybe I'll be reading your review next time. Don't forget to write one. And don't forget to check out those uh, workshops. If you're interested, just go to atparentingsurvivalseries.com and you can get the whole series of workshops that are available until Thursday. Some good stuff there too. All right, take care. Don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. And I will see you next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.